This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get it going here on a Thursday. I am your managing editor, Nick Hausman, and I am joined here as I am almost every Thursday by my good buddy, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkley. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Ah, that's close enough. It's good afternoon, good evening, and good night. But I think you threw like an extra one in there. That's fine. Nip-nip. Well, I threw the good morning there just to say good morning back to you since you just said good morning to the rest of us. Okay. Okay, whatever. This is going so well. Starting off so well today. Uh, we're going to, we're going to have a lot of fun here today on the Winkly, uh, talking all the pro wrestling news of the day. Um, but we've also got some great interviews here lined up for you later on in the show. You're going to hear, uh, my interview with breakout independent wrestling sensation, Marco stunt, Marco stunt. He's 22 years old. Justin felt like I, I feel, I just, sometimes I feel old and this one made me feel a little old. To, to talk yeah about. I, I don't think i was a breakout sensation at 22 i was i was tearing it up here in chicago comedy scene you love me uh also uh later on in the show after marco stunt andy malnoski our good buddy was back in the field at wrestlecon he got an interview with former smackdown general manager teddy long marco stunt and teddy long here today on the show i can't wait for it of course later on uh in the outro as well justin we're going to do a little teaser of uh, the interview you have dropping tomorrow on uh, the reality of wrestling with Justin Labar with Jason Baker, is his name? Yep, Uh, he's the director uh, of the Firefly Fun House uh, videos that we saw with Bray Wyatt. So yeah, that'll come out, uh, the full interview will come out 7 a.m. Friday morning on Wrestling Reality. Uh, But yeah, we'll uh, we'll play a little clip of him talking what it's like to collaborate with Bray. Okay, and uh, yes, and of course, if you like this show, guys, if you like the Winkly, tomorrow, Friday... Uh, I'll be back with Raj Geary, the owner of the site, on the Ringside Wrestling app, giving you the top five stories of the week and breaking it down. It's free to download the Ringside Wrestling app. Go check it out. All right, with that, let's get to it here. Man, oh, man, did a lot of news here drop in the last 24 hours, so we're going to get to it. News you can use, news that will leave a bruise. I'm going to start off with this story to lead in to our main story here, which is the Q1 2019 financial reports that dropped uh, overnight. Now, uh, the lead in here is SmackDown. This past Tuesday night drew 2 million, 2.072 million viewers. It's down 8% from last week's 2.219 million, uh, which was, of course, the Superstar Shake-Up episode. This is also the lowest viewership since February 12th, 
It featured Kofi versus Shinsuke in the main event. It's also worth noting that Raw saw a significant drop on Monday night. I set, I use that to set the tone because the revenues for the Q1 of 2019 for WWE were 182.4 million, down from 187.7 million. That's a net loss of 8.4 million, and this was a decrease, primarily driven, they say, by live event revenue and lower merchandise sales. Now we're gonna get into uh, some of the nitty gritty details of this financial report. But that's a pretty ominous tone, I feel like I set there, for what we're about to get into here with the financial report. Yeah, and the unfortunate thing about uh, the SmackDown viewership being so low is that if, if if it continues to be around that that number in terms of the viewership, you know, I fear that, um, you know, blame could eventually just be put on Kofi Kingston if he's one of the main attractions of SmackDown and he's the champion. Um, e- even though the reaction and such and the build to Mania would have said differently but uh, that's when i read that number about smack that's what i fear is i fear for kofi yeah well and i thought about that too but then he's up against shinsuke and granted look shinsuke nakamura 18 months ago two years ago different man different talent altogether but he has just been so muddled and mired in the tag team division with rusev right now a kofi kingston shinsuke nakamura match just to me didn't have the bite not because of kofi but because i think shinsuke lacks teeth at the moment well, no, I agree. That's why I said if this continues, I mean, if if if, if, if low viewership still continues for Tuesday, you know, uh, you know, obviously he's not he's not going to fight, you know, and obviously now it's going to be Kofi building uh, with this 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 match with Kevin Owens. I just I fear that you know that I fear that it could be a reason to take the title off of him, maybe quicker than otherwise planned. Yeah. Well, uh, we will get to uh, we'll get to KO here and uh, how he worked his way into the main event of uh, of uh, Money in the Bank. But back to the Q1 2019 financial report here now. While we're sitting here speculating about how blame could be put on Kofi Kingston, here's what Vince McMahon had to say about the drops. While engagement metrics over the past two quarters were impacted by superstar absences, we believe they will improve as our talent return and we launch our new season following a successful WrestleMania. We remain excited about the future, particularly with our debut on Fox. Now, he also noted on the investor call this morning, there were 15 top and mid-card talents out of action. That does seem like a lot. Um, but all that talent is back now, and he's saying they're going to get their mojo back. Does that jive with you? His explanation. Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously, live events are driven around to, to see these talents in person. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, if if if, if there's a top talent like a Roman Reigns or somebody who is advertised and who can't be there, you know, they offer refunds. I mean, a little bit. I'll give a little bit of a break if 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 because then you because then your live events start being populated more by t- superstars that you don't see often on TV. I mean, you know, there's, there's a whole, you know, layer of the roster who is, is the reason why they're employed is not because they're going to be regularly used on TV. It's because they need to fill out, you know, several live event tours. So, you know, when you have to, and I, and I, you know, I, I mean, I, so I give a little bit to that, but I, I don't know if I, you know, I think there still has to be some acknowledgement of, you know, if people aren't siced and excited watching Mondays and Tuesdays every week, then, you know, they're not going to want to come out on a, on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. I mean, the slide is down here in week two of the Superstar Shake-Up, shake-up followed by what could be a third shake-up here. Don't, don't count it out yet quite yet for next week, guys. Um, I think the weather's nicer, too. I think just in general, people may be outside a little bit more. Uh, this is usually when TV viewership goes down in general. But on the other side of the coin here, man, it's like it's one thing to say talent's gone. It's another thing to address the creative uh, product you're putting out on TV and the compelling stories that are drawing people back. Just the nature of a superstar shakeup, especially when you're not having matches that have stakes or you're seeing these general managers make deals. It's really just 
it's kind of bland to me. And, you know, we talked about how Kofi and, Ki- uh, Kofi and Shinsuke didn't really draw here this main event. You know, I bring up how toothless I find Shinsuke right now. I think it's going to be a whole different ball game with Kofi and Daniel Bryan. I mean, even this little two-week build they put to, did to put a little heat on KO, there's some story here. There's some stakes. There's characters that I enjoy watching here. I think it's going to be a different story for SmackDown a little bit quicker than it will be for Raw. Well, hopefully, and uh, that's, that's that's once you get Daniel Bryan back. Uh, but you know, one other thing on the quarter one, you know, I also find it interesting too that you know quarter one, you know, had you know had decline with everything across the board, and quarter one is the first quarter of the McMahon's taking things back and them trying to start the new initiative of, of not just them as characters on the show, but you know, trying to say, you know, we're going to listen to the fans, we're going to, you know, we're going to you know, we're going to spice things up and, you know, the spice obviously did not work. Uh, I mean, obviously they had a very successful WrestleMania. Of course, WrestleMania sells itself. They did, you know, great business that whole week, but I mean, week in, week out for this first quarter. I mean, like I said, everything's down, you know, yeah. that's, uh, I mean, and there, yeah, like you said, there has to be some acknowledgement of creative. There has to be some acknowledgement of, of, you know, we're, we're our product's just not as compelling as it was in the, in the same time last year, I guess. Well, also on this call, we'll talk about the creative here. Vince noted that they have new writers that's going to help with TV and make the TV more exciting. You know, of course, we know who a lot of these new writers are. Bruce Pritchard's back in the fold. Jeff Jarrett's in there now. Road Dog out, it sounds like. Um, but Vince McMahon also said they've hired a new live events team. And, Justin, here's what Vince had to say uh, regarding live events on the uh, Q1 earnings call earlier today. Live events always have been a barometer as to how well we're doing. Notwithstanding that, we throw around the world the word reimagine a lot, but we know what's wrong with our live events, and it's somewhat of a pause. I don't necessarily want to call it an antiquated presentation, but we know how to fix things. It's something If something's wrong and you don't want to know how to fix things, you're in trouble. We know how to fix that, and we'll be reimagining those live events very, very shortly. We'll see a pretty good turnaround, I think, in short order. Isn't this like almost exactly what he said on the last earnings call? I mean, I don't recall specifically. I don't. I don't uh, remember the last call well. I mean, I mean, I agree with him that they have always used live events as a barometer, and it makes sense. I mean, again, if you're if you're putting out, if, you know, if you're, if if your if your brand and your television is doing really well, then that's gonna you know it, people are gonna come out and and want to want to see these characters live and in person and live event you know live event the non televised live events are usually you know obviously a, a cheaper ticket so you know it's easier to you know you know get families and such so i mean yeah if they're putting out compelling stories and characters and people want to come out and see them up close any chance they get whether it's a tv taping or not um uh, yeah i mean I, I i i don't remember that last call i feel like we have heard though that that they were yeah. going to change things with formats yes. and i don't think they really have so i'm not and i'm not sure what much of what they can change. i mean next to next to having storylines and next to having things that impact TV, like, you know, I don't know, title changes or, or having more cameras there and airing stuff on the network. I, I don't know what they can do. I don't know how much room there is to, to, to change the live event to make it, to turn all this around that he's talking about. I wonder if you couldn't bring kind of uh mini access on the road to complement live events. That was something I was thinking about today when I was toying around with ideas for how to make live events. I mean, if you had some kind of like, you know, you spend an extra 20 bucks, you get to show up at noon and there's, you know, different uh, things you can do or uh, activities you can participate in. You know, maybe set it up in the parking lot or something like that. Or if you've got extra space, the convention hall where you could make it a more of a, a day long immersive activity as opposed to just going to a show. That's something I thought that may be a little bit outside the box. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, most of the live events we're talking about are in arenas. So, I mean, they'd have to they'd have to find you know they'd have to figure out how they're going to set that up. Whether it's you know you know it's somewhere on a concourse, whether like you said it's in a parking lot or whatever. But I mean, yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. I mean, again, you know, something that's uh, if, if if it's something that you can get the transportation down of, uh, make it part of your crew. That's that's you know that, that if it's something that's easy to set up and tear down in terms of you know the you know like like access is where it's you know part of it's like a museum. Um, yeah, that that would be an interesting thing. I mean, and of course, always. Um, if you can, if you can, you know, boost the VIP experience in terms of getting to meet the, you know, talent or go backstage or, or whatever. I mean, sure. that that stuff always, uh, that stuff always draws. But but again, I, you know, I go back to live events are very much, you know, they're very family friendly, and so you know, I I feel like a lot of events are mostly just the parents. If they feel like that their kids are into it, they'll take them. I don't know how many parents across the board are going to start to shell out, you know, significant more more money to be there longer for an access or, or for more VIPs. Like I just, I don't, I don't, I just, I, I, I can't gauge where the audience is today for a live event of like what they want. I mean, do they just want to show up for two hours and let their families have a good time? Do they, do they, do they want to spend an entire afternoon there? I don't know. I, I'm, and I, and I don't know if he knows, Vince, if Vince knows if, if he's in touch with them. Maybe giveaways, maybe you show up, you get a coaster or a koozie or something. People love that stuff, right? Let them, let them get in the wrestling, let them get in the ring, take pictures in the ring. That's what they really love. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you can you can be part of the backstage creative session. You can give Vince McMahon your <laughs> ideas, and then he'll yell at you and tell you you're stupid and break your soul, and then you can go home, I guess, and talk to your friends about it. <laughs> uh, more from the Q1 earnings call here. Now, George Barrios here on the call noted that the third now noted that a third hour of SmackDown is a total possibility and has actually been talked about. Didn't play it down whatsoever. Because um, that's going to help live events. That's going <laughs> to trickle down and, and affect live events for the positive. I mean, I, I dig the idea of the two-hour SmackDown with a one-hour 205 Live on, like, FS1. You know, stick around, change the channel, go over to FS1, you get another hour of wrestling if that's your deal. A third hour of SmackDown, I'm not for. It's not working on Raw. I mean, I guess financially maybe works on Raw, but does nothing for me in the creative department. Yeah, if they're going to do a third hour, I agree. It needs to be a different... It needs to be a third hour of programming, but it needs to be a different format or different show. It needs to be, like I said, the, the cruiserweights or or something or NXT or something. Um, yeah, if you if you try to, yeah, if, if you try to make SmackDown start to finish three hours, and then then we're gonna run into the same issues that that Raw's had, which is just the um, just the, the the watering down and and, the, uh, and repetitiveness of certain things. Uh, also, I thought of interesting of note on the uh, call here today. George Berrios would not comment on whether or not there will be a Saudi Arabia show in the second quarter of this year, even though he was asked several times about it on the call. Would not comment on it. Now, uh, speculated right now, the show would be on June 7th. would be at the tail end of Q2. Um, what do you think the odds are that this show does not happen, Justin? Uh, very slim. It's going to happen. It's they're going to they're going to keep if if they if they if they didn't call off the last show, and the last one was um, was was so closely in proximity, so you know just a few weeks after the you know the, the the journalist who 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 died and such, if they didn't call that one off and you know and and Saudi Arabia was in the was in the world headlines. If they didn't call that one off, I don't see them, you know, they're, they're just, you know, they, 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 the production's prepared to go over there. They're going to do it. They're just basically going to like promote this, you know, they're going to wait until they're going to wait as long as they can before they have to promote the show. So I don't know if that's two weeks out, three weeks out, they're going to wait as long as they can until they have to actually start acknowledging on TV and, and, and building the matches and such. Uh, and you know, they're not going to, they're, they're probably going to say Saudi Arabia as little to none as possible on the air. They're just going to kind of like try to, they're going to try to just sneak into these shows and sneak back out. 
Um, so I'm not surprised that he avoided saying it on, on the, on the, on the call, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing these shows. If they didn't cancel the last one, I, I, it would be hard for me to imagine what would keep them from, from going. By your definition, sneaking to the fridge in the middle of the night would require you also banging pots and pans off your head and like shooting a gun off. I think, I mean, that's about how <laughs> quietly I think WWE be <laughs> sneaking around in this situation. <laughs> Nothing um, to see here. <laughs> bang, bang, just getting some milk. Cling, 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 cling. Damn, damn, this toaster's loud. Uh, I'm going to put a fork in it. Um, look, the, the, I just I'll, wanted a Pop-Tart. I just, I'll play devil's advocate here, and I'll say, I think you're right. I think there's a very good chance the show will happen. The only reason I would think it doesn't happen is, look, they're reporting a net loss here of $8.4 I think it would be dismissive to not acknowledge the bad publicity they got, for the, especially for the last show which got, I think, an even more scrutinized spotlight than the first show. And how there were, like, a lot of people upset about it. I mean, I think there were some people that maybe were turned off by the product of the pot point. They may not have come back. I'm not really sure. I don't know if that's yeah, like something that's if anything, If anything, this this earnings call supports all the more reason why they're going to go to Saudi Arabia. Look, if it, you know— you know, obviously the Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia deal here is a big part of them having the record revenue year they had for 2018. They're not going to turn away the money of, of you know, so it, all the more reason they're going to keep they're, they're all the more reason they're going to keep friendly with the Saudi Arabia deal is, 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 is to keep numbers looking as good as possible, especially well, for year end. Well, but you're talking financial uh, numbers. I think by the same token here, you're kind of tacitly admitting that they may be shrinking their fan base here but making more money by choosing to go this route. Oh, no doubt. I mean, look, it, it, it's it's not a secret. Less people are watching wrestling or well, less people are watching WWE today than they were 20 years ago, but WWE is yeah, WWE has found a way to maximize and get the most out of the fan base that is still watching uh i.e. the network, uh i.e. their brand awareness and then being a brand of entertainment that that, that Saudi Arabia wants to bring over and and at a time of their supposed cultural change um so yeah yeah i mean yeah yeah there's less people watching WWE. of course that, that's a that's a fact um and, and, you know tv ratings aren't aren't as valuable and as as the same as what they were 20 years ago because of all the other different methods to watch and such but there is just less of an audience watching again but they have found a way to get the most money out of that out of the people that are still watching uh well and uh there appears to be more people watching on the WWE network here as we'll wrap up talking about the network numbers. Uh the number of average WWE network paid subscribers increased 2% to 1.58 million subscribers. They reached 2 million subscribers the day after WrestleMania, so that would be about sounds like 400,000 unpaid subscribers here. A lot of people probably getting the free 30 days there for WrestleMania on April 8th. Uh George Barrios on the call teased a WWE network relaunch that will feature a variety of new features that will help with the wwe's network growth there were no real details given about this other than the fact that this relaunch is going to roll out over the next uh few years what are a couple features you'd like to see added to the wwe network well i imagine it's going to be i imagine they're going to turn it into where it's no longer going to be the, the fun 999 i'm sure it's going to be a couple different tiers of pricing um so you can decide how much of the experience you want do you just want this level where you have access to this um you know i'm sure that there might be some more library fee i'm sure there's gonna be more archival footage and library features that are gonna you know i mean i mean they've, they've been polling for years about you know which would, would you like to see tna impact library would you like to see you know like you know they they've, they've often mentioned you know that they're gonna 
you know, bulk up the different, you know, that might not just be WWE content, but there might be, you know, other content of people that they can, they, they decide to partner with. So I expect that. Um, I think they've kind of learned, you know, they went hot and heavy for a period of time of like all kinds of new shows and new concepts and how many of them do we see for like a season and then that got burnt out. I think they've, you know, trialed and errored what kind of shows work. Um, you know, so I don't expect to see a whole surge of that, but I, I do expect it. To, I think I think archive footage is, is is really what what's what's that's the name of the game. Maybe VR footage, be in the match. Yeah, I mean, well, they've been testing virtual. I mean, they've been doing a lot of you know, uh, yeah, that the virtual reality stuff's been something they've been t- targeting for a couple of years, and they've done different tests at different events. Um, so yeah, I, I would imagine that's probably that's again that would be another another pricing tier of if, if you want to get involved in that maybe the top tier you do have direct access to wwe creative you know it's like a hundred dollars <laughs> a month <laughs> you can drop us a line it will actually get brought up in the creative room whether or not it gets followed through could, on. could you imagine i mean I don't, I don't see vince ever doing this in his in his lifetime i, I don't even know if i could imagine necessarily I guess Triple H, assuming that he's the successor. Obviously, I, I could you imagine though if they did have a tier of um, and this this only the most well I, I guess the most hardcore wrestling fans would want this, but if they did have a tier where you could say say all right if you pay this much um, now when you watch any live any live contents on the network so any you know pay per views or any you know any, anything that they air on the on the network that if that if you had an alternate commentary that was like the gorilla position Vince or, or the directors or you could actually hear, you could hear the narration of the show from the behind-the-scenes standpoint. That wouldn't that be uh, that that that's something again. You, you, it's only only appealing to a certain section of the audience, but that would be something that you could uh, you could probably charge something pretty wild and probably get people to pay for it month to month. Like again, a certain hardcore passionate Man, fan base. So many so many ideas. <clears throat> I mean, I don't think that would ever happen. But yeah, it's a very interesting idea. Um, I don't think you could. Get yeah, no, it, it wouldn't happen. I don't think you could get authentic Vince. If he knew he was being watched, they'd be different. Right. Um, let's switch gears here a little bit out of the Q1 2019 financial report. Uh, the Wrestling Observer reporting WWE is going to freeze Luke Harper's contract for six months after it expires. Of course, Harper's contract was going to end in November this year, but WWE has decided uh, it's going to freeze it for the six months based on the six months he was out uh, while he underwent and recovered from wrist surgery. Um, this sounds a little different than the reason Neville's was frozen because it doesn't sound like Neville just wanted to work. I haven't heard of injury rolling over a contract like this. This seemed different to me. Did it f- feel different to you? Yeah. Um, it's obviously probably something that's in the language in the deal that they have and in, in the contracts they have, where they can exercise this option and they're doing it. And um, boy, <laughs> if um, uh, you know, it sounds like they're, it sounds like they're trying to make an example and they're using and they're using Luke Harper to do it to say, look, you know, we're, we're you know, cause we, obviously we've talked about it on this this show. There's been a higher volume, higher amount of, of guys and girls being a little more public about their unhappiness and, and wanting to leave and maybe feeling like, as, as I've talked about, maybe feeling like, you know, WWE doesn't have as much leverage now that there's you know, a possible new game in town with AEW. Um, yeah. And this might be WWE saying, look, everybody's going to sh- shut up. You're not going to air your problems publicly. You're going to you know deal with the office privately and, and you know we're showing we're making an example here we will we we have you under contract you are ours until that deal runs out so uh, it sounds like they're making an example and um man it's uh it's it's that's it's a it's a ruthless ruthless but it's business now yes. here's what i want to know though justin is was he paid for the six months where he was undergoing and recovering 
from surgery? And will he be paid for this additional six months while he can no longer work elsewhere? I don't know for sure. I would have to think that he is. I'd have to think that whatever his down, you know, all the talents we know, you know, have have downside guarantees. Of, you know, you're going to make this much no matter what, and then you know, obviously all the incentives and bonuses that come after that. I'd have to think they'd have to at least pay him his downside guarantee. I don't. I don't think they can just. I don't think they can say we're freezing you and keeping you for another X amount of months. And oh, oh by the way, you're not going to get any paycheck for us from us. And oh, by the way, he can't go work anywhere else. So I mean, I I think they have to compensate him for as long as. I don't I think know. They have to. I don't know. I don't know. We're not lawyers. I, I have a lawyer friend. Maybe I'll ask him to, to dig into this. But that was genuinely something I thought. Well, about but it's here. all a matter of how the deals are. It's all a matter of how the. How, it's all a matter of how they. You know, your, your lawyer friend, your your friend will probably just say, "Well, it's all a matter of how they wrote the contract." But I, I have to think if 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 they're if they if they have if, if you have a talent under contract, which and you're saying to them, "Look, you can't go earn a living working for. You can't go wrestling and performing anywhere else." I think they have to compensate them if they're if they're just if they just you know WWE is deciding to exercise this option to freeze and extend extend the time that that, that he's got to be with them. I, I think they have to pay him some kind of a guarantee. All right, uh, I'll look into this. I'll I'll, I'll get a follow up on this. But I, I again, yeah, you're right. It's, it sounds a little ruthless on the surface. Um, and on that note. Wrestling Observer reporting that Joey Ryan was contacted by WWE after they found out that he was clear of his Lucha Underground contract. Apparently, WWE offered to have Joey move to Orlando, wrestle in NXT for a few years, and then transition into a coaching position. Uh, it is expected that Joey's going to sign with AEW, but he's yet to sign a contract with them. I can't imagine with stories like what we just read out there right now, knowing the value of Joey Ryan, he would want to put himself into this mess right now that seems like uh, a very hostile WWE environment. Well, and, and and look, even if it's even if it's NXT, which is you know Triple H's territory, I still can't imagine that they're going to let him be the full Joey Ryan that he is, and that's what got that's what's gotten him over to the extent that he's over uh, on the in the wrestling world. So, and I think he would know that. So, I mean, I, I mean, I think his best bet would be to go do AEW. You know. Get you know, finish, you know, wrestle for however many more years he wants to wrestle and, and and grow his brand, and then guess what? If he does, let's say two or three years at AEW, and he's, he thinks he's done uh, being a full time wrestler, I guarantee, or I, or not guarantee, but I feel pretty good that he could then, if he wanted to, call Triple H and say, "Hey, you know, I'd like I'd like to come work as a coach now if you need me." And I and I'm you know, like a coaching positions, you know, that that can be there for. You know, that that's always going to be there on the table. So if they want you now, they'll probably want you later, assuming you don't do anything to burn a bridge. So you might as well get 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 out whatever you have left in the tank as a full time performer. I, I know what Joey's name would be in NXT. You ready? <laughs> yes. Joey Ryan would have to change his name to the Penis Experience, right? <laughs> uh, if this was. Um... You know, 1998. I could, I could definitely see uh, Beyond the Mat filming <laughs> Vince pitching that <laughs> to Joey Ryan, but I don't think we're going to get that. Uh, you know, if if we're hearing rumors of, of of shareholders feeling uncomfortable about the Firefly Funhouse videos, I don't think the penis experience is going to soar those stock numbers the way the I way had, we might otherwise think. I hadn't heard that. What, what is there? Are there? Are there investors upset about what Bray Wyatt did? Yeah, there, there, yeah. There's been um, there's been rumor and scuttlebutt of uh, of of of, share, of of investors not quite sure if they're good with the creepy kids kind of you know just just it walked a lot of obviously lines at Firefly Funhouse and then kind of I guess in a way, I mean I don't know if we could say for sure confirming it but at least acknowledging something. I believe Bray Wyatt tweeted 
might have been today even he tweeted uh i love shareholders uh and i love all you people and then he had a just a list of of hashtags which included the firefly funhouse which included jason baker the director um so yeah weird that would be so that'd be such a bummer to me if this gets burned out by some shareholders i'm i freaking loved it i'm looking forward to this clip here later um, and on the note, while we're talking about AEW and WWE, very interesting mashup in first class of an airplane overnight. Chris Jericho shared uh, himself uh, a ride with Xavier Woods in first class, and there was a photo of them cheersing. I'm sure that was belo- a beloved image in WWE HQ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, I think they wrote in the caption how somebody, you know, somebody on the plane was nice enough to switch seats. That way they could sit together. Um but yeah, I I would think you know the fact that like I think Jericho's even said like you know WWE has told him okay now you can't have any of our talents in your podcast and they took Jericho out of like all the video opens and everything I mean they've they've you know they're I mean, he's now part of the enemy he's part of the competition so I mean a little 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 bit of a risk there for Xavier Woods to allow that photo to be public but um, but yeah I guess you know gotta live your life all in all in good fun uh, and while I was talking about uh, the experience the, I made the joke about the penis experience uh, the Viking experience. Now known, uh, well, formerly War Machine, then the War Raiders, then the Viking Experience, now the Viking Raiders, are now being referred to in a WWE fan council survey as the Viking Warriors. Better name? Worse name? What's going on here, Justin? I don't know. I <laughs> we're, we're we're watch we're we're watching indecisiveness play. We're we're, we're watching an argument in in a creative room <laughs> play out uh, and live in front of us. Um, I mean. <laughs> Uh, all right. So what are they? Wait, wait, wait. What were they this past week? They were the Viking Raiders. The Viking Raiders, yes. But 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 they referred. But the commentary called their finishing move the Viking Experience. Correct. I think that's what it was. Yes. Uh, I like the Viking Raiders. Um, I like Raiders better than Experience, obviously. Um, I like Viking yeah. Warriors better than Viking Raiders. Warriors, Viking Warriors, just sounds. It just sounds. It rolls off the tongue better to me. I don't know. I feel like we. I feel like. But I feel like Warrior is. We often get. I feel like warriors more commonly used in pro wrestling. So I kind of like raiders a little bit different. Like warrior. I mean, we there's a lot of warrior. You know, I don't know. I feel like I feel like warrior comes up more often. I yeah. like the different like raiders. But then the fans can chant war again because there's technically the word war in it. It's warriors. So you know we're coming back to what made it good in the beginning. Yeah, just go with the raiders. Nope. The raiders. I hope they change it every week. And <laughs> just. <laughs> They also until they until they until they call them the Ascension. Ascension. They become the Ascension. Uh, Wrestling Observer reporting the original plans were for Daniel Bryan to wrestle Kofi Kingston at Money in the Bank, but the plans changed when it was found out that Daniel Bryan was injured. That's why they turned Owens heel, which is something we kind of speculated about yesterday on the show. Turns out that was true. Um, Some of the other names that were rumored or talked about to possibly face Kofi at Money in the Bank were Randy Orton, Eric Rowan, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, and Samoan Joe. Um, and on that note, PWInsider.com reporting Daniel Bryan was not backstage at SmackDown this past Tuesday. So it looks like Daniel's out here. I think the right person was picked. The right feud was picked here. Uh, none of these others really lit me up when I saw them. So, yeah, good call on, on their part, I think. Yeah, and I said yesterday, I, I'm, this is fresh. I don't mind. Kevin Owens versus Kofi. We'll see. I mean, again, you know, hopefully, I guess we'll see what viewership does. But, um, uh, but yeah, yeah, Daniel Bryan, I mean, I, it, again, you hope everything's okay. It's the, you know, this has been a, obviously a you know this is a big thing in his career. Unfortunately, this is a big part of his you know career now forever. Is you know because the fact that the guy had to retire and come back. I hope that um, I hope that this isn't as serious as it, as it as it potentially could be. 
Yeah. Um, Pro Wrestling Sheet got a comment from Charlotte Flair. Charlotte has confirmed that she and Andrade are not engaged. So we can put that story to rest. Not engaged. Um, <clears throat> also, in the world of female wrestling, Squared Circle Sirens Nia J- are reporting that Nia Jax uh, undergoing double ACL surgery tomorrow. Could be out up to nine months. Sending out our best to, uh, to Nia Jax. And Squared Circle Sirens also reporting that WWE has released Shadia Basicio and Nassar Alurwade from their WWE NXT contracts. Uh, WWE announced these two as signing back in late 2017, touting them as the first Arab woman and the first Kuwaiti man to sign contracts with the company. The two announced back in January that they are engaged to be married. So not really sure what the story is there. Hasn't even technically been confirmed by WWE, and I have reached out to them, um, but, but there you go. And last but not least here in our news segment, um, did you get a chance to check out Tomatanga's uh, promo? Did he cut on uh, one Enzo yesterday, Justin? I, I did not. I saw, I don't even know what the hell he's being called now. I saw Cass, uh, his quick little video, I don't know, was it last week maybe, when he was like shooting on the briscoes, I think, but I did not uh, hear Tonga. Yeah. <clears throat> Tama, basically in the video, and it's only like a minute long, uh, he uh, calls Enzo a cancer, and then he takes personal credit for making sure that Enzo and Cash were not allowed to join the Ring of Honor in New Japan locker rooms. And oh, wow. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's I wouldn't typically uh, – I don't really know that there's a whole lot to this. I know it did a lot of traffic on the site, which is a big reason I did add it to the run sheet. But it was uh, – it's some interesting stuff here going on, and I don't get the vibe this is, like, a work. I think this is just Tama messing with Enzo. It's bizarre. There's nothing like it right now in wrestling. What a hate magnet, Enzo. I mean, from from all the stuff that we heard while he was in WWE in terms of, like, you know, getting kicked off a bus and people not liking him and Corey Graves didn't like him. Uh, and then, of course, the, you know, the 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 story. I mean, there was never – there was no char- – you know, then the story about him and the girl and the potential, you know, which, you know, I mean, like, and then, and then, you know, then he's gone from WWE and then – uh, you know, he's sneaking into WWE events and causing a scene. I mean, like what? And then, then of course the, the ROH. I mean, what? A, I mean, what? A, what a heat magnet! I mean, this. Um, it's pretty incredible, quite, quite honestly. How, how disliked it seems he is. At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show a 22-year-old breakout sensation who recently defeated Joey Janela at his own game because he beat him at Joey Janela's Spring Break. Three. He's also been featured at All In and on MLW TV. It's Marco Stunt. Marco, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me here. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me on. Now, you're. Uh, did I get that right? You're 22 years old. I am. I will be 23 in July. Oh man. Uh, yeah. You. Uh, you are breaking out at a rapid rate here. Uh, I just kind of want to start off by asking you, like, how how are you handling this? How are you handling breaking out? At such a young age in like such a short period of time, man, uh, it's it's a weird feeling. Like uh, growing up, I never thought you know that it'd be possible for somebody. Not okay. Realistically, I thought somebody my height would never make it anywhere, ever. You know, in anything. But uh, I got an opportunity that I took up, and uh, it led me to where I am today. But uh, everything's happened so fast, man. It's just uh, – it's overwhelming, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but luckily I've had a bunch of people to that have been there, done that to help me and ease me, ease my mind and stuff, and let me know what I'm doing right, let me know what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. So uh, constantly learning. Well, I mean, it's happening faster than you can floss. That's uh, that came to me then. I just had to say it out loud. Uh, you know, you you bring up how you had an opportunity handed to you that led you to where you are. Uh, what was this opportunity? What are you talking about? Um. Okay. So, lost in New York. I actually wasn't originally booked for that show. Brett Lauderdale hit me up for the second show I was on of theirs, which is Live Fast, Die Young. But uh, he hit me up. A couple of days after he booked me for that and was like, hey, would you like to come to this show? Now, I thought he was joking at first, to be honest, because I knew that was going to be one of the biggest shows of the year. So uh, when he asked me, I just I just kind of like, wait, what? So how you did know? you how did you but, get uh, his eye? How did you grab his eye? Like, what were you training? Like, how did Brett know who you were? I have no clue. Apparently, he said he had been following me for about eight months at the time. OK, so he. I had been working around the Tennessee, Indiana, Illinois area for quite a while, mm-hmm. probably a year and a half or two years. And um, I guess he, I, I worked, I work a show called Subgraps here in Nashville, around where I live. And uh, that's actually where I think everything started. I started to get on. Um, it was Powerbomb TV, but now it's Independent Wrestling TV. Familiar. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure that's where he saw me. Okay. But I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> but it's it blew my mind. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. That was a big stage. And, like, so, wait, you know, he, he said he'd been following you for eight minutes. Like, when did you start training? Like, who did you train with to get to this point, I guess, is my follow-up question to that. Okay. I uh, I started in – 2014 training okay uh and i trained for eight nine months before my first match which was in january of 2015 and um and i really just i I got trained by a guy named motley cruz okay or david price which is he's a he's an older memphis guy Mm -hmm. which is where i'm from the memphis area and uh i trained with him for a while, a long time, like a year and a half, two years. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's where I started, and then some things happened to where I had to leave the company that I was with when I started because drama. And uh, oh boy, it led me to being able to yeah, led me to being able to travel around up to more more places in Tennessee, which eventually led to me going up to a place in Missouri that I now call one of my home promotions, uh, Cape Championship Wrestling in, in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Okay. Um, and from there, I, I met some people, and I started traveling around with them, and they got me into the Illinois area, the Indiana area, and I eventually just broke off and started traveling on my own. Yeah. Because uh, – because that's that's what I needed to do anyways. Man. And um, awesome. I was told from the very beginning though that I needed to stay around here because I was never going to make it, but uh hmm. it's good to prove them wrong. Would that be so th- would that be advice that you would give to other talent cuz I feel like here in Chicago that's kind of an issue with some wrestlers is they like stay in Chicago and they don't really travel around as much or take that leap to do that. Is that advice you'd give to other wrestlers as well? 
I, I would give that to anybody. You like, well, let me put it this way: Chicago has a great wrestling scene. Correct. Chicago has one of the better wrestling scenes that I've been around. I love Chicago, mm-hmm. and but I think if you ever want to like make it anywhere, you have to venture out from where you're comfortable. You yeah. know, yeah. put yourself in an uncomfortable position to learn new things. Yeah. So how is it? How is life on the road for you? I mean, you're 22. I don't know if you've got like other income like coming in from where, but how is the rigors of the road treating you? Do you love it? Is it a pain? Are you what? What is it like for you? Now, uh, it's way better than it was. Okay. <laughs> but uh, when I first started traveling, it was it was not fun. I was you definitely are going to lose some money. You definitely are going to put some more money than you have into it. But uh, and that's what I did. Um, it was hard. I traveled alone a lot. So, uh, a lot of times I would be traveling 12, 13 hours by myself and, uh, it gets difficult, but you know, it's all worth it in the end, I think. Now you talk about how you got the attention of Brett. You, you start working with GCW, you break out with the match, uh, with Joey here. And how do you get to the attention then of Cody and the Bucks for all in? Like, this all happened so quickly here. Like, wh- wh- how does this all fall into play? Dude, I, that's a great question. I <laughs> wish I knew, but I'm pretty. I know that he saw uh, Lost in New York, my segment there. Okay. And uh, he he liked the moves I did, and so the weirdest thing about it was that he got my number from somebody okay. and um, contacted me the next morning, and. Uh, I really don't even know. Yeah, what started all that to be honest. Well, what was the experience it, like for you of of like being a part of All In and like talking to Cody and being on the phone and all the thing like that? How how was all that for you? Uh, the most surreal thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> uh, the All In was probably one of the better experiences I've ever had wrestling. It's it was a super professional environment. Everybody was super nice. There was no hostility. Everybody was there for the exact same reason, and that was the, the love of wrestling. And I think that's that made it easier on me. Um, I didn't really feel like I belonged at first, but uh, towards the end, I definitely felt like I was part of the community, and it felt really good. How is it for you? Like I don't, I, I don't know socially how you are. You're always cooler on me whenever I see you. I'm very socially awkward. I feel like immediately uncomfortable when I put into a locker room. Like for you, yeah. For you, like how is it? You know, acclim- I mean, all these people are older than you, right? And bigger than you. Like how is yeah. it? How is it? Yeah. How is it acclimating into those locker rooms for you? Oh, I'm consistently intimidated. Yeah. Intimidated, <laughs> real bad. But uh, I try not to let it show too much because i don't want people to see my weakness you know yeah, no. <laughs> no but uh i feel that i get I don't, man that's i i've been a part of some really good locker rooms and the people that i've been able to to meet and stuff has helped me get to where i need to be and uh, i think being a part of the bigger locker rooms that i've been a part of walking in at first I'm I'm a very shy person, uh, but I don't show it. Like I have a I have stage fright, like no other. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's something I've I've learned to push through and work through. I did uh I did drama all throughout high school and stuff, and I did plays and stuff. So I had to push through it there to 
to make sure it looked good, you know. Oh my god! And that's what I want. I want. I don't want people to uh, see through all that. Now, if I remember correctly, at All In, uh, Billy Gunn just like lawn darted you out of the ring, right? Am I correct? <laughs> Am I remembering this correctly from, uh, the, from the press booth? Yeah, Bully Ray did. Oh, Bully, Bully Ray! Ray I remember it was someone gigantic yeah. that just like lawn darted. So Bully's throwing you out of the ring. Uh, how how did that come about? Uh, how was that drop? I remember it looked it looked <laughs> crazy. Okay, so man, when you picked me up, it was just so fast. Like I I remember being on the ground and then being on the ground again. It just all happened really fast. <laughs> um, throw wasn't that bad, I guess. I was I was anticipating. I wasn't anticipating it. Oh, man. not hurting. Okay, but uh, okay. I thought it was gonna hurt, but it, uh, I guess adrenaline's a Heck of a drug, you know. How? Who was it in the all-in locker room that you were like most excited to see and work with? I mean, this is—I'm sure that I'm sure you're constantly meeting people you've never met. Still, just because you're so young, like, was there anybody in that locker room you were like, I can't believe that I'm getting to share space and talk to you and, and work on the same show? Honestly, Bully Ray was probably one of the top ones there. Yeah. He's the reason. He's the reason that I had the shine in the battle royal that I did. He's right. the reason that. I was he's the reason I eliminated Moose. He's the reason I got to have a face off with him. Um and all that other stuff. He he spoke up for me and stood up for me and gave me these opportunities in the battle royal that I probably wouldn't have gotten had it not been for him. Did so, you know him? Did you know him before the show? I mean, that's crazy to hear that he like stood up and like had your back if you guys had never really met no. anything like that. That's wild. No, I had, I had never met him hmm. until that day. Huh. Um so it was pretty weird, huh. <laughs> but uh, in a good way, in a good way. You think maybe he sees a little Spike Dudley in you? You think that may be the case? Man, I, I, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I got to imagine Spike and, like, Rey Mysterio were, like, heroes of yours, but maybe I'm just guessing here. I mean, who were the wrestlers that really kind of got you on the hook and that you try to channel when you're out there? Honestly, uh, when I was growing up, I uh, – I wanted to be seven foot tall and like choke slam people, mm. but uh, that didn't happen. Um, uh, I loved the Big Show growing up. I loved Big Show, Andre, all of them. I, I wanted to be big. I thought that was the coolest thing ever that people could tower over people and just throw them around. And now I'm the one being thrown around, but it's it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, I guess. I guess I I really didn't start watching like seriously watching like cruiserweights or anything until I don't know, probably I was in high school and I blame that on one of my best friends because he's the one that made me start watching all that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, but I guess when I'm in the ring, I try, I try to, I try to, I try to just be me, you know, yeah. I want to, I want people to look at me and be like, Oh, that's Marco Stunt, Not, not, Oh, he did somebody else's move and is getting over with it, you know? Yeah, that's that's cool, man. I mean, you definitely – you have a sense of yourself, and at such a, a young age, I mean, it's really impressive. And, you know, we talk about all the people right now that are breaking out of the indies. Obviously, there's a new big dog in town, AEW. You were at All In. I know you're working MLW. I saw your match here in Chicago but, 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 six, eight months ago with, like, Ace Romero, which was crazy. Mm, uh, yeah. Um, which was just wild to see you two next to each other and working so well. 
But are you talking? To, <laughs> are you are you working? Are you talking to AEW as well? Are you, is there interest there? Uh, I would love to go to AEW. I have. Uh, I'll be at Starcast, so I've obviously I've talked to them about mm-hmm. some stuff. I'll be in the area, but I'll just uh, leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Um, there are hopes. Yes, I would love to work with AEW in the future. Um, but I guess we'll we'll all find out, hopefully soon. Yeah, hopefully very soon. It would be how how cool would it be to like be let's just say hypothetically on the same home station as WCW Monday Nitro TNT going head to head on some random night against WWE. That'd be pretty fun. That seems like <laughs> dream like scenario type stuff for you. I'm sure, right? Oh man, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so you were so back to GCW after all in. You go back your GCW's LA Confidential, and that's where you. Well, first of all, David Arquette nearly died on that show, and yeah, he did. And you went down with injury. Now, did you go down with injury before he nearly died, or, uh, or after uh, David's death match? I'm trying to remember. I think he was main event. No, yeah, it was before. Yeah, because I, so. I when I was laying on the couch upstairs in the little room that we had, and uh, I saw <laughs> that I heard, oh, here comes David, and I didn't know what it was going on, and I heard a bunch of rumbling, and then I saw David run past the room like real fast and run outside, and he was like holding his neck. So I didn't know what happened. We were actually uh, – he went to the hospital, and we ended up being at the same hospital together. Oh. So, oh. yeah, we were, he's, he's actually right next to me in the room. So he, he came out and checked on me and stuff. Oh, so that was really cool. That's cr- – so he's like bleeding out of the neck, and he's checking on you because what was exactly your injury that you, you suffered that night? Oh, I snapped my leg in half. Damn. Yeah. yeah. That's painful. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. It's the worst pain I've ever been in. <laughs> uh, but yeah. luckily, I'm I'm doing better now. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're doing a little bit better. Better. Uh, you had a blowaway match with Janela here, at WrestleMania weekend, Joey Janela Spring Break three. Uh, how? First of all, this uh, was this your first major injury since you've been pro wrestling actively? Uh, the first. I uh, I dislocated my elbow in. Actually, a, a year before I broke my leg, <laughs> almost exactly. Um, I broke. I uh, dislocated my elbow real bad in October of twenty. What is it? Oh yeah, twenty seventeen. Okay, yeah. I had to think of when I hurt myself. Um, but yeah, I I hurt my I hurt my elbow in October of twenty seventeen and was out until January. So I guess. Technically, that would be my first major injury. Okay, but uh, but this one took a little bit longer to recover. It sounds like than that than oh, that. Definitely. Yeah. How was the recovery definitely. process? How was the recovery process for you this time around? And and how are you feeling going forward right now? Um, it was hard. Um, probably is really difficult. They started me on therapy really fast, so uh, luckily I got to start building the strength up quicker than normal um oops, sorry my dogs and cats are running all over the place <laughs> but uh it was it was really tough mentally it was more tough mentally than it was physically i think because wrestling is almost like my my safe place i guess i really i feel at home when i'm wrestling when i'm in the ring and stuff and not being able to do that having that taken away from me it uh 
it almost put me into a depression, but um, I was able to find some stuff to keep my mind off of it while while I was out of the ring. And eventually, well, about three months ago, I found out that I was going to be returning against Joey, so I had something to look forward to. But uh, that really pushed me to start trying to recover even faster. Yeah. So and luckily I did. I was I recovered enough to be able to get in the ring, and I'm I'm probably about ninety ninety five percent right now. What's it What's it like to work with Joey Janela? How was it to and and not just work with Joey Janela, but how was it also to to beat him on his own signature show like that? Oh, it felt great. <laughs> Joey was one of my dream matches, and uh, he beat the hell out of me. So, uh, so I guess I. He made me earn that win, you know. Yeah. Um, you look beat up. But to to win on a night like that, where it's his night, it's not. It wasn't about me. It was his night. It's Joey Janela's spring break three. He's coming back from injury. Obviously, I'm coming back from injury. So, but obviously, the favor was in in his in his way, you know. Mm-hmm. So being able to come out on top was very special to me. Very special moment for me. And uh, I won't ever forget anything that Joey has done for me. So, yeah, I feel like there's a growing uh, cadre of people that owe uh, their a debt to Joey Janela at this point. It's amazing the the like mystical powers of Joey Janela to to get people over, including himself. What do you think? Uh, what do you think? Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to point out the four that I can think of was PCO, Jungle Boy, me, and. Dustin, which is no legs. Yep. Oh man, isn't that guy wild? No legs, dude. Dude, he's insane. I love him to death. Yeah, yeah. I got to get him on next too. I'll get his story. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about you. What we're talking about, Joey. What'd you think of that finish for the the cluster F? I won't say what it's fully called, but all the women crashing <laughs> in. And, yeah. What 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 was your take on the the women's revolution there at the end of Spring Break Part Two? I'm proud of them. I wish I hadn't gotten beat up myself, but I'm proud of them for sticking up for themselves, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I got beat up. I was in the – I, I should have just thrown myself over the top. It would have it would have saved me a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'd never – I'd never felt I, – I, I stuck my hand in a bunch of glass on the ground by accident. <sighs> so that's one thing I remember from that is coming up and my hand was bleeding a whole bunch. That's disgusting. Uh, I like. I'm one of those. <laughs> I'm one of those people that has to pull their shirt up. So I'm like, if I breathe the glass, I'm going to die. I'll bleed from the inside out. Oh. Um, yeah. Was... Okay. Funny story. Okay. I was laying there, and Chris Dickinson goes, "Hey, they're about to hit some hit Jimmy with glass. You should uh, cover your face." I was like, "Oh, okay." So my first instinct was I crawled under the ring. <laughs> I I, uh, I literally I, I crawled under and sat in the middle of the ring. Under underneath the ring while that was all going on and waited till it got done. <laughs> that's, that's smart. That's a smart idea. Uh, and because you're smaller, I would imagine under the ring, that's like a that's like a condo for you down there, isn't it? Dude, it was like a one bedroom apartment, no bathroom, but it's okay. You know, like you said, AEW be a starcast, ask the mix. Uh, are you still contracted with MLW? Are you still active with MLW? I um, I never actually was contracted with them i was on a data or uh, show to show agreement okay. and um i would love to go back love to go back okay i mean but, but uh, what i'm getting what i'm getting at is you have like so many options marco right now i mean is wwe <laughs> is, is wwe 
a goal for you still, or are you happy in the world outside of the WWE? Man, had you asked me this six months ago, my answer would have been completely different. Yeah. Um, but right now, I think I'm – man, I, that's really hard to answer because obviously I think growing up, obviously the dream was definitely WWE. But now there's so much more going on. There's so many more ways to – to live off this for one and to to make a name for yourself like i don't think that wwe is the be all end all of everything right now but uh, i do think they're still on top obviously so i mean i think one day i would love to go there yeah it, and uh but if that never happens i'm i'm not going to be mad i'm not going to be super upset about it mm mm-hmm. It's just different. You know, it's just like a changing tide right now. I talk to different guys, and it's, you know, the WWE option is obviously, like you said, you're like, well, they're number one. There's a lot of money there. But, you know, there's other guys out there that do well. I mean, you're doing well, it would seem like, following the Colt Cabana, Joey Ryan path to success of T-shirt sales, uh, I would think. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's more than just you now. There's another clown that got out of the clown car. Uh, your brother, Logan Stunt, officially made his debut oh, yeah. just a few months ago. I saw you guys again in the Cluster F. I think that was my first time seeing you two together. Um, legitimate? Is this your legitimate brother, Logan Stunt, or gimmick? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. No, that's my legitimate little brother. He's okay. uh, three years younger than me. Oh. So, But uh, he started a little later. He didn't really – he didn't grow up liking wrestling as much as I did. Uh once we be once we got closer, the past couple of years he he really started to invest his time into it and really learn more about it. And he's he's come to fall in love with it himself, and hmm. so I'm very glad to have him along on on this ride. That's awesome, and I think he's going to do great. Dude, that's so. What what can we expect? Are you guys going to be good friends or better enemies? Because I know you're taking on your brother here at Black Label this weekend. Uh, but is, is mm-hmm. do you guys want to be a tag team, or do you guys want to, you know, fight each other? What's what would you prefer? Uh, I'm actually really excited to wrestle him. Uh, I think that <laughs> I think it'll be a great match. I think it'll be fun. Something that uh, not everybody gets to see. So, um, but overall, I think us as a tag team would be super fun. I would love to tag with him up at anywhere, really. Yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit. You, what, he only debuted like a couple months ago, right? Like officially, I saw or something mm-hmm. like that? Man, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, he had, he's been training forever, though. Yeah, dude, that's great, man. I'm, I'm happy for you, Marco. You know, last thing here I'll, I'll ask you about, um, there was this, uh, this crazy comment from superstar Billy Graham recently where he said, Kofi <laughs> Kingston is too small and he needs to use steroids. Now, obviously, you don't have the hulking frame of like a Hulk Hogan, right? Do you ever get? I don't. Oh, do you ever get? Pre- do, you, do you ever get pressured to like bulk up and get bigger? Or are people like more accepting of you and the way you want to be presented? You know, as yourself. Um, <laughs> that's funny. I uh, a year and a half ago or so, a year and a half, two years ago, I did have people actually trying to get me to actually get on the gas if i'm being real honest but i wouldn't do it and i i uh i don't think i need to to be honest but now now people are definitely more accepting and 
and people will see me for who I am and not for what I could be. Not, I'm sorry for what I could be. That's not a, that's a really bad wording. No, <laughs> fine. They don't, fine. they don't, they don't think I should be super, super big. Like that wouldn't be me is I guess where I'm getting at. Uh, well, Marco, I want to thank you so much. I took a little bit more time of your time, uh, than I, I said I would, but again, uh, and I edited it out, but for those, you didn't know this, but at one point I literally thought my apartment was getting broken into and it was a cable guy. So, uh, you, you, lived, <laughs> we, you lived through that with me and we got back on track, Marco, when we finished the interview. I'm very proud of this. This was a great interview. Um, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad we got to continue and you didn't get robbed, man. Dude. <laughs> Me too, Marco. Uh, where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, support you, all those great things? Man, you guys can follow me on Twitter. It's just at Marco Stunt. Just be sure to put a K instead of a C. It's M-A-R-K-O, Stunt. Mm-hmm. Um, people get that wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on Instagram, you can find me at underscore Marco Stunt underscore. And then uh, I have a YouTube. You can just look up my name. I'm on there. Uh, we also have the Stunt Family podcast up on YouTube. Um, and then, uh, if you want to buy some merch, you can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Marco stunt. And, uh, there's a bunch of my t-shirts on there. Uh, I'll actually be uploading some more here soon. So be on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. And that's really all the social media I got. New York city wrestling.com is here with WWE hall of famer, the infamous Teddy Long and Teddy this is an awesome day. First off, tell us about being here, seeing the fans, and experiencing it all. Well, you know, this is absolutely fantastic. I have the opportunity to do this every year around WrestleMania time is to come and be a part of WrestleCon. And I want to say this is one of the greatest things that I could have ever done. And what I, and what I mean by that is, you know, I get a chance to mingle and meet with the fans. A lot of people that I have had get the chance to see that I haven't had the opportunity to see. So there's so many fans here today, and just for them to come out and, you know, and talk to me and make me laugh, I make them laugh. And the favorite thing is, I wish you'd go back on SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and you mentioned it. And just a couple quick wrestling questions yeah. about your career. I mean, uh, to go from official to GM, so many different roles. If you had to pinpoint one special moment of your career, what would it be? Uh, one special moment in my career is the first time I got the first job I got in professional wrestling and that was putting up the ring and taking the ring down and when I say that I, I mean this if it had not been for that I would not be where I am today so I started putting up the ring taking the ring down then I went and started refereeing then I started managing so God has had a lot of things for me to do and hopefully I have fulfilled them all and I'm not through because I'm still breathing player oh uh, no I'm not done by a long shot Teddy Long and, and where did the the player where did that originate well this is a true story too I had a dog named uh, a lab named boss and every time <laughs> boss would get in the way I would just always mess with him move out the way player come on player and I just <laughs> took that to TV I swear that's a true story that's awesome and uh, <laughs> going back to your, your GM rules you know Smackdown and beyond and you had so much to offer the WWE still do to this very day yeah uh, seeing a lot of the folks today uh, from from far and near um, what was the most challenging part about being a general manager? You see the shifts all the time on the shows. Well, the challenging part is to make sure that you make the fans happy. And that's what I did, you know, regardless to whether the wrestler liked it or not. If the fans wanted it, then that's how it's going to be. So the challenging part is for me to have all that 
you know, that power, you know, and I'd never been in a position like that at all, never in my life. Mm -hmm. So it, to me, it was just a blessing from God and Vince McMahon believed in me and I said, I can't let this man down, but most likely I can't let the fans down. I gave them what they wanted and I'm going to keep on giving you what you want as long as I'm standing, players. I love it. Teddy Long right here at WrestleCon, New York City. Final messages to the fans out there watching this. Hey, all I want you to do is come on out here to WrestleCon. Y'all come holla at a player. I'm waiting to see you. Holla, holla, holla. <laughs> holla at you. Teddy Long, WWE Hall of Famer. Thank you very much, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show. Thank you, Marco Stunt, Teddy Long, Andy Malnowski. And, Justin, we teased it at the top of the show. Uh, why don't you set this up for the, for the clip we're about to play here? Yeah, so this is uh, myself talking to Jason Baker, who is um, a filmmaker. He's based out of Pittsburgh. Um, and Jason is the director of the Firefly Funhouse uh, videos. I say plural because it sounds like we got more coming. Um, and uh, again, the full interview will be on my podcast, Wrestling Reality, Friday morning. But this clip right here is me asking him, uh, as you'll hear, uh, what it's like to work with Bray Wyatt. <laughs> How was uh, Bray Wyatt the the, the character? How, how was uh, and I guess the man as well that, that plays him? How how was uh, how was your experience working with him? Bray's great, man. He's uh, he's intense. He you know he's he's always thinking, he, you know, and then he's thinking past what he's thinking. That man is, uh, you know, what's that old saying? That's a razor's edge between uh, genius and insanity, and that man walks that razor's edge constantly. Um. Very, very smart. Smarter than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, great, great to collaborate with. You know, you think you're, you think you're gonna throw an idea at him. He, you know, he comes back with eight. Um, you know, you think you're gonna like hit him up with a piece of trivial knowledge. He'll hit right back, and then you know, he'll see your trivial knowledge and then raise you. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, he is a unique, unique human being. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure and an honor to, uh, to get to collaborate with, with this gentleman, um, with someone who just, you know, puts such a, such a thought process into his craft. Um, you know, I've had the opportunity of working on films with, you know, with Russell Crowe and Tom Cruise and Will Smith and, you know, um, a bunch of other people working here in the Pittsburgh film industry and, uh, his, his mindset for his character development is on par with those guys. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a sight to see. It's, uh, it's something definitely to behold. I'm, I was thoroughly impressed with, uh, how much dedication he brings to his art and to his craft. Thank you for sharing that very, uh, thank you very much for sharing that here on the show, Justin. Again, the full interview is going to be on your podcast tomorrow, correct? Yep, Wrestling Reality uh, comes out 7 a.m. on Friday, and you can get it anywhere you can get uh, your podcast. So iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, wherever. It's oh, all free. All right, there you go. All right, well, I got, uh, I did actually uh, put a couple uh, links down here to tweets we got from the mailbag uh, with, with things you've said about the Winkley. So uh, I'll read here first. This is from Taylor Armstrong. Taylor wrote out, uh, he's at Anim Torrent. Uh, he said, Nick, it's great wrestling interviews. He knows what he's talking about, asks thoughtful questions, and really lets the subject shine. No baiting, no gotchas, no gimmicks. Can't recommend the Winkley enough. Great re great review. Great review. Wow, nice. Very good review. We've got Mike Dickinson here. Mike Dickinson at Mike Dick 954 Hey, Nick, instead of interviews, can you and Justin talk about 
the Viking experience, which we did already. We already kind of did that. Kind of, it's a headache. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think it's funny though. I mean, I, it will be interesting to see like how many more name changes could they? Have. I mean, not and not and of course they they got their individual names changed too. Like which you know, like the like I think he's called Eric now. Like you know, he was you know I worked him as with I worked with him as Ray Rowe in the Indies. I mean, Ray Rowe's a cool name and he's got a good look and. Then it's to be changed to Eric the Viking. Like, how SNL is that? I, I just, th- I got to think that he was like, it's not Viking enough. We've got to you know, make them action figures. You know, that's what I always picture the mentality with this. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, Test of the Troll. Uh, last one here. I just grabbed three quickly. Uh, just said, uh, you guys should definitely look into making the Winkly Monday through Friday. This thing is great. Nick is the man. Well, that's very nice of you. Uh, but uh, we have hey, you like the people's you're the people's champ. I know these are just the three I picked. Um, and uh, I appreciate all the nice things, guys. We're having a great time here on the Winkly. We do have a Friday version now again. Uh, Ringside Wrestling app, go download it. It's a video version. I'll be back tomorrow with Raj. Uh, we've been dropping the videos uh, uh, usually like on Sunday on our YouTube channel. So you have about 48 hours to watch it early on the Ringside Wrestling app. Uh, again, free to download. Check it out there. And a Monday Winkly. Hmm. Maybe in the future. We'll see. But I do know that we'll be back next week. Uh, if you guys want to check out more uh, of the Winkly Tuesday through Thursday right here on the Wrestling Inc. audio channel uh, all over on iTunes, go subscribe. Of course, you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wrestling Inc. Go get your Jack to Jack Journalist t-shirt. Support the site. Let everyone know uh, that you uh, read WrestlingInc.com. And, of course, if you want to win a free promo code to watch NWA's Crockett Cup on Saturday or Impact, or, or Impact Wrestling's Rebellion on Sunday – Got to go over to our Twitter feed, enter, play along, and you can win a free promo code to watch either show on Fight. So there you go. Lots of fun giveaways. Justin, maybe it, yeah. maybe Vince should have a, a live Winkly at the live events. Maybe that'll help live events uh, business. Wake him up. You know what? If you're going to wake him up, I got to get out there and say, good morning. Really, wake him up, you know? Talk the news. Damn it, it's not morning. Tell him to stop saying morning. No, Vince, I will not compromise, and I'm going to tweet my displeasure about it and put my contract in jeopardy. That's Say my... Burgess. Say Burgess. 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 <laughs> Callback. Half of the audience got the joke. Half of the audience didn't. <laughs> you want to you wanna plug, promote, put anything over here? Wrap us up, Justin? Uh, same thing as I just plugged a minute ago, which I appreciate. Uh, yeah, Wrestling Reality, Friday morning. Uh, follow me on social media. You'll definitely love the interview in addition to Jason talking about Bray Wyatt. Jason's actually been a part. Uh, he's done a lot of props and work with WWE for like the last like six or seven years, and he actually names a few things, a few props that he helped build uh, or helped design, which is cool. Um, and just talks about just you know WWE in general. So it's a pretty fun interview. All right, and I am at Wink Rebel. Give me a follow. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. 
just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.